think about how much time you need to work and you want to work out to keep yourself healthy and you add that up, you just, you run out of time. And so if for you beyond that, like having a clean house or growing your business, because you can only do so much as a solopreneur or a one woman show, if those things are important to you, like you have to get help to grow. What I always say to people that object is, what is your time worth? You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we save a seat for you. Girl, hey, it's Brandy Wytrack, host of Mom After Hours. I hope you are doing well. Can you believe that it is already summertime and all the kiddos are out? Oh my gosh, pray for us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, today we're talking with my former co-host, Emily Broderick. Today is the first anniversary of when my mommy's sidekick had to ditch the Mom After Hours podcast. But you know, it was for a good reason. So in this episode, I catch up with Emily on what she's been up to since she left the podcast in June 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. We talk about that ambitious working mom life, growing a business alongside a growing family, and what she'll be doing differently in her family and business life moving forward. Y'all, it was like the Friends reunion special, even with the big reveal. And you're going to have to stay tuned and just listen in. I also want to give you a heads up, Mama. I know you are so busy and summers are just cray cray with traveling and just everything, mom life, family life. So I am taking a season break during the summer and we'll be starting back up in the fall, probably early September. So this is the last show of the season. Feel free to binge on other shows. In the meantime, this summer, don't be afraid to reach out or email me at hello at mom after hours if you have any show ideas for next season, or you can always DM me on Instagram at mom after hours. But before we dig in, I want to give a shout out to Future Famer 16. I will be honest, I'm blind and almost thought it said Future Farmer. And I'm like, oh, that's so awesome. I wish I knew who that was. She left an amazing review on Apple. She said, Brandy Wytrack is quite the personality. She's witty and hilarious. Thanks, girl. Gifting her audience with the kind of impactful information that all moms out there need to hear. I recommended this to my mom and she has been loving it. Thank you so much, friggin' girlfriend. I appreciate you and I appreciate the love. And if you got some kindness in your heart left, feel free to leave me an Apple review too. If you don't know how to leave an Apple review, I do have the instructions on momafterhours.com. If you are so willing and so giving, feel free to drop me a review. Give me some love, some virtual love. Without further ado, mamas, let's figure out what this girl Emily is up to, okay? Look who we have in the house, Emily Broderick, my former co-host. We are approaching, I actually think when this episode launches, it will be 
her one year anniversary of her departure and I miss her so much. And I brought her back because I wanted to touch base and see how she's doing, what she's been up to. And I think a lot has been going on in your world, my friend. How's life treating you? Yes, a lot has been going on. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be back in the guest seat. I've been watching the podcast evolve and it's been incredible. So since we last spoke as co-hosts on the podcast, which was about a year ago, a lot has happened. I did decide to leave the podcast because like many people, I was impacted by COVID, who wasn't impacted by COVID. But as a mom at that time, I had a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I also started my own consulting business and all my child care went away and my work picked up. And so I was feeling totally overwhelmed. And so then at that point, I figured out that I kind of needed to step back from the podcast in order to take care of my kids and take care of my business. So like most people, this year has felt like extremely long and incredibly (laughs) short all at the same time. It's like, it's unfathomable to me that it is a year since, um, since that, since, you know, spring, summer of 2020. It's It's crazy. Yeah. It's totally, it's weird because I feel like there were seasons where it was going by so fucking slow And then all of a sudden it just sped up really fast and then boom, now we're, it's summer again. It's weird. Yes, absolutely. I know it's sort of like, you know, very long and in the blink of an eye all at the same time. And of course there was, there was such a roller coaster over the last year in so many different ways. So so a lot went on for you last year, my friend, a lot. So you ended up, so you took a step back from the podcast You had your two kiddos at home. You started, you kind of already were doing consulting a little bit, but you kind of went into a full-blown business and you started focusing on your business and you launched your website and you're doing big things. And then something else happened. What the hell happened, girl? What happened? Yes. I also um, found out I was pregnant with our third baby. So yeah, so it's very exciting. Yes. Um, The pandemic baby. We know what I you know. are doing. Then <laughs> you're stuck indoors. No, <laughs> so it's actually interesting. I think people that have gotten pregnant during the pandemic probably have like their different versions of their pandemic baby. But for me, I got pregnant um, in the fall. And so sort of like early fall where I thought like things had sort of calmed down at that point. So I was like, now's a good time to be pregnant. By the time I have the baby, that pandemic will probably be somewhat over. And so that was my rationalization, um, which is sort of working out to be the case. Not that it's, I know it's not totally over, but you know, at least when we're talking now, things are getting better. So I'm not sure how this will kind of work with when this is being published, but I'm due at the end of July. So we have two girls and now we have a baby boy coming our way to change up the feminine dynamic. That is awesome. I bet your husband, Mike, is very happy about that. <laughs> another yes, he, a boy in the house instead of another woman in the house. Oh, yes, he is. Cause he, he's the, he'll be carrying on the family name and the legacy. Um, Cause otherwise it would have ended <laughs> with, with the girls, depending on how they wanted to handle their last names. Yeah. So yeah. So that was been a very kind of 
crazy and exciting year. I am really excited to see kind of what happens over the course of the next year too, because obviously having a child, another child, (laughs) a third child is going to change kind of the dynamics of home and family and business and all of the things that I can predict and expect and control as much as I can. But also at this point, even as a planner, I know that you can only plan so much with change up and change in your family. Yeah. And that's hard. And it's kind of like it was a, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you kind of chose your timing a little bit, but it was a blessing and a curse starting a new business around the time when you're planning for a new child or planning for a baby, because it's like, okay, you have a lot of work that you need to get done like getting your business ramped up, but at the same time, you're setting yourself up for success because you'll have a business where you can determine your hours more and you are in charge of your schedule. Did you second guess anything when you when you realize that you're pregnant and you're starting your business or growing your business at the same time? Or did you wish that you had waited on the business or did you, or was that like a perfect blend for you? Like timing wise? Sure. That's a really good question. And I think I can sort of answer by backing up to my last pregnancy. My daughter Cora now is two years old and it was really her birth and infancy that pushed me to leave the corporate world and to start my own consulting practice because it was my second experience of kind of having a baby having to get back into a schedule, not having control over my schedule, having to do travel and just really kind of live a lifestyle that felt misaligned with what I wanted, what my family values were and how I wanted to spend my time. So right when I got back from maternity leave with her, I was sort of hatching my plan to leave the corporate world. So this time around, I am happy that I had my business like up and running and, you know, somewhat in place for this baby. But at the same time, there are definitely concerns this time around or things I have to deal with that I didn't have to deal with before, like an unpaid maternity leave, you know, kind of pausing client relationships, how you present your time off you know, do you present it as I'm going on maternity leave? Um, Do you just don't even skip a beat with your clients in the way that you're communicating, even if you take a pause on projects? So there's definitely kind of some of those considerations that I had to think about that I couldn't have thought about before. Yeah, no, that's a good point about having to explain that pause. Like, I mean, I can assume that you've got a diverse set of clients, so I can't assume that they're all just women or they're all moms, but it's, it's, it's that there, we experience that challenge as women and moms. Like, do we tell people that we're mothers and we have children or we're taking pregnancy leave or we're taking a, you know, just an extended break? Cause Hey, I'm having a baby and I need some fucking time off because I need to recover. And I know I'm not going to be in my right frame of mind to service these clients. Just talking about this reminds me of like the LinkedIn thing, how, you know, LinkedIn said that you can add motherhood now to your LinkedIn profile. And, you know, there's this new thing that's coming about where like sort of a movement where they're saying you should add motherhood to your resume. And it's kind of like, there's this back and forth conversation, like, no, you shouldn't. And some are like, yes, you should. 
And it's, it reminds me of like what you said, like you, when you have these pregnancy pauses or when you need to leave, you know, for whatever reason, whether it was a pregnancy pause or, you know, someone in your family, you know, something happens and you got to take time off. How open do, are you, or should you be with your clients? You know, cause it's like, you want to be, we're all human beings, but at the same time, is it considered unprofessional for, for us to want to take a break? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I really had to think about some of these questions for myself because, you know, when you're, when you're sort of showing vulnerability in a sense, it can be nerve wracking. And also too, you know, when you own your own business, you are in the position of, I want to continue to grow my business and bring in sales and bring in leads. And I don't want people to think I can't do it because I'm not going to be available. And so there's sort of that, you know, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like survivalist part of it of like, I want to keep it going. And then there's also the vulnerability of, you know, I'm in this situation. So for me and empowerment, I'll say vulnerability and empowerment. For me, I really had to kind of think back to why did I start a business for myself? It was to live a more authentic life, to be in control of my schedule, to be in control of my, um, you know, financial capacity and growth and to do the work I really loved for people I cared about. And so for me, I do work a lot actually with women business owners who do tend to be mothers. And so that is sort of an audience that I've gravitated towards and has been attracted to me. So for me in my situation, I can be pretty candid with people. Now I do kind of keep personal stuff separate because it's a professional relationship we have. But like when I'm sharing on say Instagram or something, I'm not hiding the fact that I'm pregnant or expecting because I know that that doesn't mean I can't do a good job at the work that I do. And I am, you know, people have different perspectives on, like you said, with LinkedIn, should you say motherhood? Should you say I'm going on a, you know, um, a baby sabbatical or kind of how do you handle those things? But, you know, for me, it feels okay to share that information because I wear many hats and I am sort of that, like, I think where I was going with that is like the mompreneur. People hate, people either love the term mompreneur mompreneur. (laughs) and, you know, honestly, like I can't get into all that bullshit, Yeah, but I am a business owner and I am a mom and I wear these hats. And honestly, like for me, one of my values is family first. So family's always going to come before business And I don't want to have to hide things from people that just feels inauthentic to me. So I think everyone has to do what feels right for them. But for me, professional and personal sort of, you know, blends and it's just kind of my whole ecosystem. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of the way that I live my quote unquote brand or my external presence. And I feel comfortable with that. But I I feel like people... Yeah, no, I I agree with that. I and I'm I support you doing it that way. And I feel like with this year and just this past year and how whatever everything that's transpired, I feel like especially in the remote working environment, you know, we've seen the kids running across the cameras or the kids screaming in the background and we have become more human. We're not just robot workers. 
where you just yes. see your coworker and they're like, this is what they do. They add content to a website. This guy builds the website or this person sells these products. We are seeing people now as human beings. And even just with my, my new job, I see a huge shift in how people interact and how personal they are compared to how it was when I was working in the office. It was, it's, it's extremely different. I feel like people are connecting more on a personal level and they are sharing some like more details about their life, about their family, about their kids or, or will be comfortable enough saying during a meeting, Hey, sorry, my kid's home from school sick. So you might hear them in the background talking or crying or whatever. And some sometimes that'll come up in a meeting when somebody will make that comment. And even just for like today, for example, this is something I would have never done in the past ever, ever. But I had like the COO is messaging me, asking me for feedback on something. And it's at 4.58 p.m. (laughs) Five o'clock, I am out the door going to pick up Violet from preschool. He's messaging me at 4.58. And I'm like, so I write back to him. I give him like a brief response. And then he writes back another question. And by that time, it's like 5.02. And I'm like, "Mm -mm." so I made sure I set boundaries and I responded to him and I said, Hey, you know, that's a great question. Um, I'm sorry, but I'll need to respond to this question tomorrow after my meeting with so-and-so I need to go pick up my daughter from preschool. And after I pushed send, I was like, should I have said that? Should I have said that? Should I have just told him that I had a child in preschool and that I have to leave at 5.02 PM? But I sent it and I was like, you know what, whatever. And I closed my laptop and walked out. I feel like so many women in the past, and even today, they still probably do it. You're afraid to say those kind of things. You're afraid to show that you're a human being and you have a family, you have other commitments other than your nine to five. And I feel like now with everybody working from home, our family and our work lives are blended. So you have to just, you just got to be real and be like, sorry, this is the way it is. (laughs) Right, right. No, that's so, I feel like that is amazing and good for you. And I think being your like authentic self is gives other people permission to do the same thing. And, you know, I do think that there are lines, you know, where you're not necessarily like going over the top about, you know, all the dirty details of your, you know, personal life at home, because, you know, someone like a COO doesn't care about that. But when it's these sort of like stories you want to share or matter of fact things like, everyone has those things. And I think that as women, we were put in a position to have to not only expend the energy of taking care of stuff at work, taking care of stuff at home, you know, taking care of, you know, other relationships that we have, but then also worrying about like, are we, you know, oversharing or are we, you know, burdening people, are we showing like what's really going on? Like that extra energy and effort to care about like, is this appropriate in a work setting or is this not going to make me look credible? I think is such a waste of time. So I was really lucky to have some great female mentors where I never felt awkward sharing that type of information. And in the first company, I did feel awkward being my authentic self and actually felt that where I got kind of pushed out and marginalized because of my role as a parent, I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. 
I'm not going to do this. I don't have enough time and energy. And I like want to put my time and energy into things that are meaningful and make an impact and not worrying about these like bullshit politics and you know whatever else is going on behind the scenes. So that was another reason why I decided to work for myself. And also, you know, I primarily work with people who started businesses, not just because they have children, but because they have a passion project or they have a yearning or a calling, or, you know, they saw a need for an underserved community. So it's all very purpose and mission driven and aligned. And so I feel super lucky in that sense. Yeah, no, that's so awesome. I'm so proud of you, my friend. I'm so proud of you. So your pregnancy was a bit different, of course, with the first two, especially with like your job situation and how you're working in this dysfunctional corporate environment. And then eventually you were able to branch off on your own and all that. And I'm glad that you have this successful business now. I want to know, besides your business, how has your pregnancy experience been? this time around, they say that your third or, you know, as you have more children. So I only have you know, one from my loins, <laughs> but, they, but they say that as you have more children, it gets easier. How has your pregnancy experience been this time around? So I think it is totally individual. So for me, my pregnancy was not necessarily easier. And one thing to kind of give some context is that before this pregnancy, I had a miscarriage. So that was a challenging time, kind of our lives and then thinking about how we were going to move forward. So that was kind of a tricky way to start a healthy pregnancy, even though I feel extremely lucky that, you know, that was a one-time thing for us. And then I've had a healthy pregnancy thus far. So I had a lot of anxiety at the beginning for sure because of that. And then also COVID was really like up and running again in the mid to late fall. And so that was stressful. And I was also kind of launching a new piece of my business. And as my husband says, whenever I get pregnant, I like to like um, change shit up. I changed jobs and we also bought new houses. And so this time we're very happy in the house that we're in, but I did kind of shift the, the kind of orientation of my business a little bit. So I think I had a lot of stress and anxiety at the beginning of the pregnancy um, mentally. And then Physically for me, it was, it has been somewhat of a more challenging pregnancy. I had more morning sickness. Um, I've had more swelling. I've gotten varicose veins, like all of those beautiful components of pregnancy. So I think I feel the beginning was harder, but now I feel a lot more calm about the idea of bringing a new baby in, what that transition is going to be like. I'm also way more equipped and prepared to ask for help and support So good, and to hire more people to help me with that because I know that I can't do all of these things because I'm already spread super thin. So at this part of the pregnancy, as I get towards the end, because I only have a couple of months left, I feel more calm. But at the beginning, it was definitely kind of stress and anxiety. And so mentally and physically taxing on me. So I'm I'm glad on the flip side, it's not, (laughs) it's not still like that. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sorry about your earlier experience and I'm glad that you're, you're feeling better now. And I can't believe you only have like what a month or two left by the time the episode airs. I think well, this episode will be airing in like a week and a half, two weeks. So we're, it's not like super far out. So yeah, you're going to be having your baby in July. Oh my gosh. How, how are you how are you going to manage being a parent of three? <laughs> so you've already kind of alluded to, and you've mentioned it before on past podcast episodes that you are a big fan of help. And when we can outsource things, do it. If you can get help with cleaning your house or get extra hands with, you know, care, you know, someone coming to your house to help your kids out. And I know your kiddos are in what, like a um, Montessori school or in another have a care program. Are you going to get like a little nanny or something part-time just to kind of help you out so that you are able to go back to your business in a few months or what, what's, what are you kind of envisioning for yourself in the fall? Sure. So I, as you mentioned, I am like a thousand and a million percent of getting <laughs> help. Um, and to the point where I, I really feel like I, I preach about it, um, not only to other moms and entrepreneurs, but also, you know, my clients who are, again, also a lot of times moms and entrepreneurs. And so, yes, I am getting more help. So I have right now, I have a almost four and a half year old and two year old, and they're both in a home daycare program four days a week. And I have them home with me on Fridays. So they are going to continue that. My older one will end up going to a little bit of a more formal preschool next year. And then the little one, the middle one, and the new one eventually will go to that daycare. But beyond that, I have hired a summer babysitter and I'm also hiring a personal assistant who oh, yeah, is going girlfriend. to support me um, between home and business because I need someone to do everything from like helping me sanitize baby gear and organize my kitchen to schedule kind of posts for me. And so I feel like that is sort of like my first step in moving beyond just kind of the babysitter type of support. Well, I applaud you for seeking support because we all know how hard it is for us to ask for help. And whether people hire a nanny, hire a personal assistant, or they're able to secure help from family members for free, whatever it is, it's so important to ask for help. I feel like we're always trying to be super women. We're always trying to do it all. And we feel like if we don't, it's like a failure on our part. And I feel like that's definitely something that I think that narrative needs to change. I know you and I are definitely on board with, no, we need to get help. And I've gotten better with asking for help from from my family. And even just with me going back to work full time, because you know in the past I was doing consulting part-time, I put my foot down because I was getting stretched and just from working and then you know taking care of Violet. I'm like, I need help. I'm not going to be the only one doing the dishes now. I'm not the only one that's going to be doing the laundry and keeping the house clean. I was doing that the whole time that I was at home, you know, doing the part-time work. I'm like, now I'm working full-time. I'm putting in just as many hours as you guys. You need to help me out more. So I put my foot down and 
maybe eventually I'll be able to get like a maid to come clean my house occasionally. My husband still will not. Jason will let me spend that money because he's like, no way. We're not going to pay somebody to pay our house or um, clean our house. Like he's, you know, such a penny pincher. Um, but I finally got the balls to be like, nope, sorry, I'm too tired. I'm not going to be cleaning the house and doing all this stuff. So I'm I'm proud of you for 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 getting what you need and not putting yourself Thank on you. the back burner. Because Thank that's going to help you feel that's going to lessen your anxiety, too. And just I mean, for the summertime, because we all know, like, once you have your baby, especially as a business owner, too, or if you're working and well, even just for all women, it's, it's stressful when you have a baby and trying to figure out how are you going to do it all? And we assume that we have to do it all. But to know already and you, to have a plan in place and be like, OK, the baby is going to come, but I don't have to worry. This person's going to be able to help me with this. And so and so can help me with that. It definitely takes huge weight off your shoulders. So good job. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think too, also like it's a capacity thing and it's a math thing. Like if you kind of look at how many hours you have in a day or in a week and how much like your, you know, your top priority, like parent activities are like whatever you value the most, you know, you want to always do dinner together and you need to get them ready and you want to get them ready for bedtime. And you want to have like a weekend to go and do fun things together. That's a certain amount of time. And then if you think about how much time you need to work and you want to work out to keep yourself healthy and you add that up, you just, you run out of time. And so if for you beyond that, like having a clean house or growing your business because you can only do so much as a solopreneur or a one woman show, if those things are important to you, like you have to get help to grow. What I always say to people that object is what is your time worth? And so if you are running a business where you make, you know, let's just use a round number, $100 an hour, and you can hire a cleaner who's going to cost $30 an hour, like that's a no brainer to me. So I think there's this like relinquishing of control or is it worth it? And I just think like you have to value your time and assign a value to it and then determine where you want to put your energy and where you can get other people to help and support you. And my husband also runs his own business too. So we're both in, in similar boats and, you know, he is like, hire, hire anyone you want. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, no, that's good. And I feel like, you know, there's this misconception that help is, is expensive. Like they think like, oh, this is something that upper class people do. You get a maid, you get this and that. And I want, and I, I'm glad that you kind of mentioned the pricing a little bit. It's like, yes, not all of us, not everyone can afford to get help. Sometimes you just have to rely on the kindness of strangers and of your family members. But as you pointed out, there are maids and helpers out there that are $15 an hour, $30 an hour. How much, ask yourself, how much do you spend a month in going out to eat? And, or, you know, splurging on a new outfit. So instead of spending $50 that month on a new outfit or spending $80 or a hundred dollars going out to eat one, one week or whatever, that could have been a person cleaning your house for four hours or three hours. So we have to really 
like break it down in our head instead of because when I've talked to friends about it, like, oh, yeah, get help or this or that. They're like, whatever. I can't afford that. I'm like, bitch, you're wearing a two hundred dollar and fifty two hundred fifty dollar pair of pants. Don't tell me you can't fucking afford someone to clean your house two hours a week or three hours a week. You can afford it. You just have to ask what's important to you and what is your time worth? Like you said, how important is your time? And right. not having you're to worry right. about also- that when you're done working or if you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you want to have several hours out of the house to yourself. Well, if your kids are at school, have somebody else clean it and you go go treat yourself, go do something. like Right. Yeah. And I think you also have to think about sort of like, you know, it, this could be like a whole other podcast <laughs> episode, but like, what kind of money stories are you bringing to the table of like scarcity and you don't deserve things and Mm -hmm. you know, like there's never enough. And then also like, what is the cost of not getting that help? Because if you are burning yourself out and you need to then like get on a bunch of medication because you're so anxious and depressed, like what is the cost there? So, and I'm not saying if you're on medicine because of anxiety and depression, like that is great too. Um, and also like what, instead of it taking away from something, like taking away from your kind of like piggy bank, what is that help going to add to your piggy bank? So if you get support and that's going to allow you to like go and meet a client who's going to pay you like a five figure contract or something, or you're just going to like go out and get your nails done and meet a friend that you haven't connected with. And they're going to like introduce you to a new job opportunity because you're in a career. Like those things are way more valuable. So I think it's like, what can it add? And not, it's not right for everyone. There's so much other help than just like cleaning help. I think it's one of the first go-tos that people um, go to, especially as a parent, but you know, babysitting help, Yeah, you know, I don't know, all different types of things. So so. how helpful is Mike? Is Mike going to be stepping it up around the house now that there's going to be a third kiddo? Are you going to have to ride his ass? (laughs) No, he actually, I have to say, I'm very lucky um, where my husband is super supportive and helpful. And I mentioned we both own our own businesses. So he runs a construction company. He also is extremely busy and his business is growing. So we both have like the same demands on our schedule and I'm actually getting the support. So I have, we both have the support really. So this personal assistant for me is going to free up some of the pressure on him because as two small business owners, we are going to be relying much more on his financial income while I'm on maternity leave. So I want to make it so that he can go to work, be president work, you know, feel as good as you can with having a newborn, be able to do kind of travel logistics with the girls, because I do try to protect like that first 30 days after I have a baby where I don't want any responsibilities, Yeah, especially like picking up and dropping off kids to daycare, which I never really want to do anyways, I know um, on a good day. <laughs> I and hear so you. I want to get that support. So, so we both have that. So yes, I do think he will step up. I, I know that we're both going to be exhausted. <laughs> yeah, you are. But, but we're sort of yeah, getting the support, you know, for both of us. And we're lucky. We have a lot of family that lives around us and we have great neighbors yeah. and a great community too. So I think he'll step up as much as he can. Does but he, he change also has diapers? his limits. Will yes. he change? He, oh, good job, yes. Mike. Good job, Mike. Yes. I think the biggest difference with this child is that I did say to him that I will manage like 
all the overnight feeding stuff and not necessarily like have him wake up to do any of it because I know that he needs to like get some decent sleep in order to like wake up and function and go to work. Especially and, with the work that he's doing too, like with yeah, tools he's and building climbing houses. up ladders and stuff that you're like, okay, I don't want my husband to be exhausted while he's doing yes, this Yes, you stuff. don't want someone to build your home who, uh, you know, got like three hours of breakfast and <laughs> sleep the night before. So I've decided that I'm going to do that. I will say one bout bit of help that I was like, oh, you know, and this is probably my own scarcity thing. I would get but I'm, I didn't. And it's because I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if it's worth it is a night nurse. I feel like if I, you have the resources to get a night nurse, I would totally hire a night nurse. I mean, whether you're, you know, breastfeeding or bottle feeding, it's just like this magical person that just brings the baby to you, changes their diaper. You know, you can feed them if you want to. And if you're bottle feeding, you don't want to feed them, they'll do it. And I hear it works wonders to um, protect your sleep in those early newborn months. But, um, yeah, I've heard about it. I don't think I'm going to go there. Yeah. I I've heard about it. I don't condemn anyone who does it. If you have the resources to do it, do what floats your boat. But for me, knowing me, I'm, uh, how would I say? I, I don't think I would want somebody else handling my baby in the middle of the night. Like I feel like my maternal instincts would click in. And if I heard my baby crying, I would want to be the one helping my baby. But I will say I am totally down for, I'm, t- I'm fine for, for working around the clock and helping my baby. But if I could have help during the day so that I could take a nap during the day, should the baby have kept me up all night, then yes, that would be amazing to have someone at my house so I could take a three hour nap. So, but yes. for me, I, I, I would want probably a day nurse. <laughs> Someone who could yeah. take care of it during the day. So I'm like, I'll manage it at night. I'll figure it out. But if I want to be able to take a nap on the fly, I want somebody here. So it'll be like, okay, here's a baby. I'm taking a nap for three hours. Yes, I would agree. I think most of the um, situations I've heard people use night nurses is if they do own their own business and it is like a multi you know, million dollar business and they oh, yeah. can't really take that much of a break. Oh, and yeah. So- that helps them function, but I hear you on the daytime help. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to probably have my mom jump in for some of those, like, just let me take a quiet three hour nap and not think the baby is going to wake up. So that is, (laughs) we'll see. It all depends on the baby's temperament too. Yes. And it's a boy. So you're used to having the two girls, you got a little boy diaper changes are going to be different. I know we're crazy. Like I, it's so funny. Jason was so like afraid to change Violet's diaper just because of, you know, dealing with lady parts. He's like, I can't touch that. I don't know how to clean that. There's too many folds, too many stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? If we had a baby boy, I would have had to deal with cleaning up around his balls and that, you know, and if the baby was circumcised and they've got that thing clipped on them for a while and you got to be careful. Like, I'm like, I feel like I'm like, no, if I'm having to clean the boy, you're going to have to figure out how to clean a girl. Uncharted territory. So I've gotten some, some tips and tricks from people, but I'm sure I'm just going to have to figure it out in the real world scenario. Yeah. But that's exciting. I'm I'm just so, I'm so over the moon 
for for you guys and you know just being able to have a little boy so now you got like the full meal deal you got your two girls you got the little boy carry on the family name carry on the construction business if you know if he wants to get into that no that's well we joke around that it's probably going to be my second daughter Cora that carries on the construction business with her personality but we'll see that's cool hey it could be her it could be Cora's business too yeah yeah she's a little bruiser that's so cool. So I'm I'm wondering from a parenting perspective. So you've raised so Cora is what you said four and a half, four. Rowan is four and a half, and Cora and is half. two. Yeah. So it's been about four years, and they say that you know as you have more kids, your parenting style might change, or you know how you see those funny memes where it's like your first child, you're like going above and beyond on everything. The third child, you're just like th- throwing the food at them. You're like, here you go, whatever. <laughs> Is there anything that you think you would be changing with regards to your parenting on the third that maybe you weren't doing with the first? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Yeah, I think definitely I saw the biggest difference between those two, between my first and my second, where, you know, I'm sort of a type A organized person. And with my first, I definitely like looked up all the like, you know, how to do a checklist and on the baby center and all the things you need for the nursery and all the things, you know, I kind of was trying to follow everything by the book. And that definitely kind of drove me into some like anxiety. And I had some postpartum anxiety with my first one. And for me, I also had, which we we talked about this in a previous podcast. um, I had some nursing and breastfeeding issues, which were total like out of the blue for me. And so that really kind of fostered some postpartum depression and anxiety I had. So that one was like, I was sort of like white knuckling the whole experience of being a new parent with my first one. And, you know, whether you have those issues or not, I think that's probably a common experience with the eldest born, which is why, you know, there's that sibling order of personality because my oldest is like more organized and a little more anxious about things. And and it's interesting (laughs) how that played out where my second one, I was, you know, way more relaxed and she has totally roll with the punches type of personality. So, you know, I think for this one, I am definitely getting more support ahead of time with my like healthcare team. I'm getting some lactation support ahead of time um, because I still try to nurse to my capacity. And I also am, um, I think I'm going to just do some more stuff. So the just prep so that that first month is as casual, like cool, calm and collected, not just for me, but for the whole family as much as possible. So in a way, I think with multiple children, the postpartum period becomes like, not just about you, but it becomes about like, what is postpartum going to be for your whole family? Well, I'm happy for you. And I can't wait to see pictures of this beautiful baby boy. So for our listeners who've been on the mom after hours journey, for what it's been about a year and a half since we've been going at it. Yeah, I think about a year and a half. Yeah. What if they want to see pictures of your baby or possibly do business with you in the future? Where can they find you? Yeah. So the best places to find me are if you want to learn anything about my kind of business, um, you can find me at Emily O, O is an orange, Broderick.com. Um, so Emily O Broderick.com. And I'm also on Instagram 
at Emily, again, O is an orange Broderick. Quick story about two of those, (laughs) both of those things is that (laughs) Emily Broderick was not available. There is some grad school film student who, who nailed both of those. So I had to add O for my, um, my maiden name. So that's why it's Emily O Broderick, both at the website and um, on Instagram. And O Broderick, isn't that isn't that how it was supposed to be in Ireland? Don't they always have the O's before your name? Yes, I do think that is the case. And it was actually funny before me and my husband got married, we had good friends of ours that would call us the O Brodericks because my maiden name is O'Brien and his last name is Broderick. So they always referred to us as the O Brodericks anyways. <laughs> and so for me, it felt natural to just snag that as, as my URL. But, you know, hopefully my business will grow to some point that I will want to spend the thousands of dollars it would require <laughs> for me to buy emilybroderick.com. I'm just not there yet. You will be soon. You will be soon. Hey, and you'll have your little helpers to help you get there too. Maybe the yes. girlies, maybe one of the girls will, or the boy will follow in your footsteps and then they can take over your business, one of them, and then Cora can take over daddy's. Yeah. Thank you so much for making time to catch up with yeah. me today, this Emily. This was wonderful. I love Thank you, you and I miss you and I can't wait to meet that cute little baby boy. Can you believe our little Emily is going to be a mama of three? Little boy on the way. Holy moly, hands full. If you'd like to learn more about Emily and that cute baby or her business, you know where to go. Check out the show notes or visit momafterhours.com. And I just wanted to say thank you again for supporting Mom After Hours. This is the last show of the season. I will miss you, but if you miss me... You know where to find me, girlfriend, on the gram at Mom After Hours, or you know you can always email me at hello at momafterhours.com. So until September, I'm going to be missing you. Love you, girl.